This is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. Oh, hello, Mr. Whiskers. Yes, you seem very intent. So that's the the local cat once again attempting to break in. (laughs) The cat burglar. Uh, right. So our, our topic. We've snuck through the gates without Cerebus finding out. Uh, yeah, the topic is maps. Who doesn't like a good map? And I think officially my first map in a book. That's where I'm going with all of this. Literary maps. Uh, Is as often I come around to at some point The Hobbit. And we have this lovely map. Uh, There are, I think there are actually two maps, aren't there? There's there's the map of Lonely Mountain the dwarves map but then there's the map of say the journey so we can follow Bilbo as he leaves the Hobbiton and the Shire and heads off through over the mountains through the forest and eventually to the lonely mountain is it Erebor something like that And two, uh, that was an audiobook that I heard when I was a kid, so I was imagining uh, the situation where the map is shown to the map within the story. So it's interesting, we have kind of two tiers. We have the map that is provided to us, then we have the map in the story which is, it has uh, dwarven writing, which is uh, suspiciously uh, Viking. I think it's called Futhark, something like that. So there's that, the runes, the Viking runes. Uh, and then, uh, so this, this map of the Lonely Mountain is shown to at Rivendell is shown <laughs> shown to the, the top elf whose name will come to me in a second but anyways so we see this map and uh, it's it's full moon apparently and, and that there's moon letters which can only be seen it's either at the full moon or a certain like say when they were written something like that so that was very cool. Moss, how could you forget the name of Rivendell's top elf? I just, I just have the, the actor uh, stuck in my head. I guess it's a New Zealand actor. And for some reason I've got Agent Smith. That's what I've got, because the same actor played in The Matrix. So maps. 
So for me, I, I heard about this map. And later on, when I got my, my grubby little hands uh, on the actual book, then I, actually, then I saw the maps. But for the time, I only had the map in the story, that, and I imagined it. Right, so, onwards we go. The, the first fantasy book that I actually uh, read was Wizard of Earthsea. And on one hand, it's very um, accurate, impressive, showing all these islands. But it's also quite the mess. It would almost have been better to have shown one particular place. Uh, and instead, but what it does is it gives us this sense of, you know, that it's, it's it really it's like a fragmentation. And the story is taking place in an archipelago, so the group of islands. But I read somewhere that the symbolism was of a, a mind or a psyche. And it's kind of sounding like an interpretation, but uh, that stuck with me. That there was this um, kind of plan in place. That, you know, that the islands, that's what they symbolized. And I wanted... I wanted maps of the mazes in the second book, and I wanted maps of the magic school in the first book, and I'm trying to think of what was the, the last book. But there were things like, say, cities that were just sort of bypassed and we didn't really get a chance to spend time. It's amazing, too, how much... There's a critique there. Uh, Patrick Bolivar, his one of his critiques, good feedback was, you've got to trim moss. You've got a lot of ideas. Now you've got to be selective. And and I I know you know he's coming from a good place. <laughs> he's not, he's not he's not out to you know wreck me. Well, we'll see what happens. <clears throat> Back to maps. Hey, that's actually something I should. I, I'd like to actually say to Patrick, you know, give me a map, right? And that could be something for later on. Something in uh, helping out with the promotion for the local convention, something that came up was a kind of meme or a a suggestion, and they were showing uh, a map at the end of a story, and, and it was a nice fold-out map. And the argument within this meme-like image was that you didn't have to flip back and forth, so you could just have this map 
open as you read. It's a good argument there. <clears throat> and and then the only problem is, say, if a person doesn't know, and then they get to the end of the story and find that there's a map there. It's like, oh, why didn't they tell me? I think you'd have to have it stuck out slightly. Uh... There you go. Uh, yeah, so you'd have to have the, you know, kind of, it's almost like a, what is it called, a tab or something to suggest that there's something there sticking out. You know, almost like one of those pop-up books or interactives, you know, you pull a tab and then something happens. Uh, Treasure Island it's another great map Lord of the Rings uh, continued the, the maps from The Hobbit so we got a closer look into I may just have had a really cool addition but I remember there was like fold out maps there was uh, we got really in depth into the Shire, or, you know, we got closer, we could see to see details, and then much later on we got uh, topography. I think, too, that that came about later. I don't think the original editions had those maps, or at least the topography ones, like when they're in Mordor, say. Uh, Treasure Island. Robbie, Robert Louis Stevenson. So this, I believe that's the same guy that did Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And here, here this, uh, the two-faced person is Long John Silver, I think. But it was, it was cool because we got the whole island and we could see where uh, things were happening. So we could see... We could see um, events and, and follow along and trace it. And there's a kind of suggestion that it was... It, it's say similar to like a, a naval map that one might you know, actually find on the ship, or at that time. So it just added to the air of authenticity. There's the word again, verisimilitude. So a, a feeling of truth that it brings us closer to uh, kind of virtual reality. So there's a good reason uh, to to put a map into your story. I had lots of maps. Uh, I've been working on different maps. Uh, to, and two, to different... Some of the maps were definitely for me. 
Some of them had been for role-playing. Uh, and when I s sat down to finalize, I had a whole list of things going on, uh, sort of different purposes that uh, this app had to serve. Hello. A couple of cute little dogs. Right, so <clears throat> let's just keep rambling maps. Um, for me, what was important was to um, not spend a lot of time on details. It was more about just the basics. So it was a shape an outline, a sort of coastline. Uh, it had circles for where uh, capital cities were. It had names and then uh, names of the city and then names of the, the land that surrounded the city. Yeah, yeah, and it was almost a transit map in a way. Where that it was more important to, to just suggest the, the various destinations and not elaborate. Uh, and two, I had I had experimented with that. So this this as well. This is myself as a writer. I have taken some uh, design classes, graphic arts. Uh, I have dabbled dabbled in Photoshop. Uh, but really, it was, it was sort of more of a... Uh, I'm trying to remember when the map, the map came about. So I remember that it was uh, after my agent, my agent was sort of saying... Well, this didn't work out, so feel free to continue. So I, I started submitting it to various publishing houses that don't require an agent. Uh, which is a bit sad because, like, say, we only did 20, and then it was, you know, uh, okay, it's over, instead of, you know, continuing on. So it's... Uh, to me, it was sort of, you know, that's, a, that's about, uh, it's not looking good, basically. Which is sort of, you know, oh, <laughs> let's fix it then. I, I don't know. Uh, but, so, uh, as kind of part of the submission stuff, also, too, I was, I was promoting the submissions. I was taking, I remember I was taking photographs of the... Uh, you know, here's me sending out the submissions, actually doing mail-out submissions, because uh, some, some places... Some places only take... Uh, what's it called? 
Anyways, I'll be back in a minute. And I'm back. I was just dropping by uh, to pick up some groceries. I've been assigned to procure. Yeah, so maps. Uh, another one off the top of my head is Dune. I'm attempting to think of various other uh, maps. And it, it seems also that it doesn't necessarily start with a map, that it's added later. I'd like to think that, say, in The Hobbit and in Wizard of Earth Sea, that um, a map had been drawn, but I wonder if that's the case. Uh, it's, it's possible that both were just purely text. Right. A world building that has become something. I think it's always been there, but with this renaissance of connection, that all of a sudden, if you have a, I'm not sure why I'm using these words today, but if you have a predilection for map making, uh, there are places, uh, people, there's these even programming, programs that you can, you can get. And two, they, they don't just have a fictional purpose, not a fictional purpose, but, uh, in, in doing fiction, say, it's not just that, but, uh, role-playing games. And so you'll have people who've created entire worlds, uh, for the purpose of playing. Uh, it, it's a hobby. It's uh, a chance to, in the case of, say, a role-playing game like Dungeons & Dragons, that it's about sitting down with people and socializing. Uh, interactive storytelling. It's fun. And uh, part of it, too, is, is mapping. There could be maps of uh, dungeons, um, underground ca caves, cavern systems, um, the intricacies of, say, a castle. little dog time. Little dog distraction. I was, I had this, I had this uh, avenue of thought that, say, if a fantasy world is a, is a reflection of the author's psyche, if the fantasy world, yeah, that 
these individual spots or places uh, could be specific, say, parts of the psyche. I must feel, though, as I'm saying this, that it would be less less so, and it, that it would be more, almost like a, a smaller version of the entirety that we, that we get this uh, uh, reflection. What do I mean by that? So that, say, you know, you have the world... It's almost like, say, a miniature version. So it's talking like, you know, about a, a castle. Somebody designs this castle. And the same way that they design the larger outer, outside, almost like the, the, the macrocosm versus the microcosm, that the smaller version is, a, is an imitation. And yes, on, in some ways that doesn't make sense. You know, it's a castle. It's not a planet. But just in, in, in the choices that are made, early on when I was doing uh, mapping, just going back to when I was, say, doing my first continents, I was discontent, so I made a continent. Uh, There were, there were features, like say, one place was a forest. It was just this giant forest. And then another place was uh, a desert, and that they had kind of a mood attached to them. Uh, Vancouver, for example, is right smack dab in a rainforest. Uh, uh, there's an argument that, you know, well, we have an urban forest within the city. We have trees. Whereas, say, you might go some places and they don't have trees. Uh, we have trees. Uh, you know, down the streets, down the streets, in the yards. And the argument, of course, is, well, that's not the same thing as a forest. And then the argument back is, that's why we are using the word urban. But that it, it affects the tone of a place, the, the tone of a place, the mood of a place. It's, it's overcast, um, more so than not, or at least it has this feeling. Uh, what what am I getting to? Sort of getting to the the notion of e- even say in the place that I'm working on now, this world of terrapin, that it seems to be that places are kind of stuck in a certain environment, a certain say climate. Uh, they have th- a th- it's a theme rather than this flexible, uh, rather than seasons. It's almost like the, you know, the place is the season. But I'm just, I'm just trying to get back to when I was 
say, designing my first, doing my first maps. Before that, I had tried my hand at making small, like, say, um, a dungeon, or, you know, we're we're role-playing, fantasy role-playing. And so I would, you know, try my hand at uh, designing something. And from there, going to a much more elaborate setup. So let's see, maps. How how can we get from the the psychology of the map? One thing that I keep circling back on is a, a, a place that is a mind that, say, you would go to, and I, I, because of just to make it easier, that it would be an island and that you would go to different parts of the island and you would encounter different parts of your own mind. Or not one's own mind, but, say, um, a human being's mind, or the mind, uh, commonalities, even the physical, say, looking at a brain and, you know, okay, well, what what is happening in this part of the brain versus that part of the brain? Notions like left brain versus right brain. So that's something that I'd like to do, but it feels like that's that's not exactly what I'm doing. And it's a bit of give and take. So the more I allow the story uh, into, in the sense, the map, the fantasy world, to, to have its way, it seems that the things that I hope for eventually come about. Like say I'll have pa- you know passing ideas I'll keep returning to, and they don't make it in to uh, a story. But then eventually I find that I'm doing that, uh, such as writing a lot more about Vancouver. I see it seems to be missing more and more. That's coming to the surface. Maps. Along with the argument that the fantasy world is the, the writer, the author, the storyteller, you know, whatever medium. Uh, I saw on Twitter a writer was talking about just this, in a way, horrific stuff they were writing about. And then they went and, went and worked on their garden. And I kind of made a comment, a bit sort of flippant. Uh, but they were cool about it. But it, it stuck with me in this notion of, you know, one could be working in a garden and that, that once again, so like that, that is the medium that becomes this reflection. I'm passing by a neighbor's garden right now. They've taken a bit of a strip of lawn 
and they've converted it into, I think really it's a flower bed. And, and what else can I, <laughs> what else can I say? It's interesting to say, well, why do that? You know, why, why not just have it long? You know, it's a, it's, it's a bit of work. Uh, there's an element of creativity to it, and thus map making. In a way, it's a kind of an outline. It uh, it allows the author to actually see. Uh, author, yeah, it actually allows them to see uh, from a bird's eye view. Uh, you know where things have gone. Uh, potential places. For me, uh, my map serves as a template for, you know, way in the future. Uh, different adventures, uh, you know, say, going to uh, explore places that are on the map, but that are not uh, known, right? Like, we see it, we go, oh, well, there's much more than what we have first encountered. There is an argument that the map, as a visual aid, that it, it can be a kind of crutch. And I'm just thinking of the difference between television, say, or some kind of visual medium versus a uh, textual medium. That when you read, that it's going to your imagination. There's a, there's a counter-argument there. And by, by pro providing specifics, that that gives us uh, a much clearer idea. I think the... I, I, I think the... Uh, the ultimate response for me in favor of, of the text had to do with the cerebrium, so that we can get into the head of the character, the mind of the character, uh, or a character, versus, uh, just say, film. Uh, that said, you can argue, uh, I've studied a bit of, a little bit of film, film, film theory, and so it's... I know that, say, with subtext... Oh, so exciting. Uh, yeah, with, with subtext, uh, with symbolism, um, so much that, say, that there can be revealed a, um, 
the mind into, say, expressionist. I'm sort of getting off topic a bit. I think, though, that my segue back in is... My segue back in is uh, expressionism. Expressionism is like those old black and white films from the 19... Mm, let's say 1920s. But anyways, silent film uh, where the the visual medium, like say how how it's lit and how um, the the setting is say dressed uh, that that reveals um, emotion, right? That we get that feeling, kind of the the cliche of the dark and stormy night. We actually see it is you know it's dark and it's stormy. We might see flashes of lightning, exaggerated lightning bolts, things like that. It is an exaggeration. But I'm just thinking too of of the potential of the map. In that sense, there are small, ooh, there's small details, uh, such as uh, let's see. Um, cartouche. A cartouche is, correct me if I'm wrong, is um, Egyptian and uh, usually it has a name in it and it's kind of like this, uh, it's not an egg shape but it's this uh, rounded rectangular shape and that a name would be placed in, into it in Egyptian. So it would be um, hieroglyphics would be written into it. and. Uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but in in maps that there is a uh, an area that uh, has a similar say shape, and they can be very ornate. And I, I think that say through that ornamentation, we can get an idea of where we are in the story. Mm. This is kind of cool, actually. Uh, I I stumbled across. There, uh, an interview with a, an old pop band called Duran Duran uh, that gets its name from the movie Barbarella. So there's a science fiction, there's an SFF connection in there somewhere. But anyways, this this band, they're part of a you know new wave music, very pop. They admit it, you know, right up front. That's what they're doing. Um, There was a song that I remembered, and it was, I think it was called New Moon on Monday, and I found myself watching this video, and the lead singer, Simon Le Bon, is in this desert, they're lost in this desert, and it's at night, and suddenly there's a an elevator there. It's kind of a dream sequence, uh, and he so he gets in the elevator, goes down, finds himself in this kind of underground cathedral where all these people are dancing about and uh, one of the other band members is there uh, the keyboardist and he is he has this map he's going through papers and he finds this map and the map goes in a tube and eventually it uh, the lead singer wakes up with this map so it's nice there's a bit of a story but I'm just thinking of just thinking of the symbolism of the map, the meaning of the map. The map is this guide to somewhere. They're lost in this desert, 
And here is this dream person who provides information, a kind of, whoo, here's, here's the word, psychopomp. Don't get enough psychopomps these days. But it, uh, it's a, um, a guide, basically, a psychopomp. And the, the map that's being provided has, has this information, like I said. The map in question, I, I've, I, I paused the video. I was like, you know, rewinding, forwarding to get, to get a couple views of it. And just the way that it's done, it suggests, it, it, su say, it suggests the time, it suggests the people. It could be a map that is very, like say mine, very simple. Um, but also too, mine has hallmarks, you know, such as the font and um, sort of like the clean lines, the sparseness of it, right? We're, we're not, you know, there's no distractions. Uh, I don't have a cartouche, I think. Uh, there's not... It's just, say, presenting and giving us sort of like, you know, this outline. An interesting response is, oh, I thought it was a continent, but it's actually um, uh, an inland sea and like the Mediterranean, but more so. So there is that. The... This this symbolism, uh, sorry, I'll I'll finish with the Duran Duran, that because uh, you might not like Duran Duran. I was I was at an innocent age, <laughs> and there is this fantastical. There's this element of the fantastical to um, that stuff they were doing. This was say I think in the eighties then, um, and the. the there is this uh, these this connection of imagery, um, symbols. There is there is titling, say titling to the music and um, stories. Of course, you know songs are stories, but there's this there's this fantastic quality, fantastical uh, fantasy quality. And I'm just remembering um, a map. And it's not the same map in the song, but I'm just riffing off of this and, and, and going that, say, you could have this ancient map, right, in, in a foreign language, uh, an alien language. It could be science fiction, and you could find this uh, tube uh, that contains, uh, you know, uh, it's a scroll tube, and it contains this map of where you are, but it's from... Uh, aliens, right? Or say, what if, you know, you're digging in your backyard and you find this map and it's it's in this language that nobody knows, nobody can figure it out. Uh, it could even be, say, like, you know, the paper. It's got this indestructible paper. And, you know, what what if that map, sort of, where would that map lead? So there's a great story seed right there. Yeah, you know, you dig up an alien map in your backyard. But there's another notion there. In in doing this thing that we do with the writing, we 
open ourselves to, I don't want to say suggestion, but say that we, we are on our own adventure and we are pondering and we are being presented with things that, um, you know, perhaps we don't want to think about or, or perhaps we need to think about um, we set off in one direction and, and then we end up, you know, where we where we really need to be versus where we want to be, right? Oh, I want to write an epic, you know, fantasy novel like J.R.R. or G.R.R. But instead, you know, you end up uh, confronted with with something you didn't expect, right? And I, I'm sort of, I'm just suggesting that 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 map, that route, right, that you're taking, that it's, it, that it's a bit of a mirror um, for yourself. But just like the real story, there are these dangers, you know, with acquiring this map and both creating this map. Because there's all kinds of questions. Where is this coming from, right? You know, oh, I'm just pulling it out of thin air. Really? Really? Um, could it, could it be that it's, it's, uh, it's something within, within yourself, right? That you're accessing, that you're somehow, you're getting around the firewall, you know, through the act of this, of creative writing, through the act of allowing inspiration. And then all of a sudden, you know, this stuff is bubbling to the surface, pros and cons, right? Because, you know, if you start, you know, really sort of like, this is awesome, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to either dig down there or, you know, <laughs> cross over through the porthole, or, portal or, or whatever it is, how, you know, whatever direction. Um, you could be sort of aiming yourself into outer space. And, um, yeah. I, I, I'm just remembering, I've referenced a couple times, I was talking with uh, Steve Forty. I don't know if it was in the, in the interview with Steve, um, but he'd mentioned that he's a science fiction guy. So this might have been outside of the conversation, but I, I, I think it's fine to mention because it's, you know, it's obviously, I mean, you know, everybody has their own um, biases. Um, there's, there's, there's things that just, I just... I just am not interested in and or say if I got interested in it it would be it would be a horror show for the other person because I would start getting really clinical about um like say romance right I I would start analyzing it I would start unpacking it and that takes the fun out of it in the sense of you writing it for the thrill it kind of like fanfic, right? You're writing it, you know, you fix it up, you put it out there. Um, uh, you know, maybe drafting is not, you, you know, you're, that's not really what you're into, right? And you just want to say connect and uh, connect with the audience and create this thing. It could, be, it could be a bit of voyeurism. But say in the quest for story, it's, it's the quest for oneself and, you know, we end up in, weird, terrible places, um, that, that is good for us. The map. Oh, let's see. 
I'm trying to sort of get back on, on track for this this final 15 minutes here. So we're wrapping things up. So there's there's a, there's a good reason to do these things. Uh, I, I think that it's helpful um, for ourselves and for others. And it's a weird thing to be... It's, it's a weird place for me to be at because when I started off, you know, I just wanted to do this thing. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, well, I really like, you know, drawing, so I'm just going to draw. And then 25 years later, you know, oh my gosh, you know, this is, you know, I'm, I'm having really sort of deep stuff going on. Um, <laughs> as my world falls apart in, in this kind of, you know, uh, like break down the soldier and then build them back up. That's, that's really what it feels like. Uh, except maybe kind of reverse, right? You know, I was a soldier, and now I'm kind of putting myself back together again. I'm not a soldier, but it's it's just there's this kind of it's it's apropos. It's not the same thing, Moss. I know. Um, right. So mapping, 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 mapping. How can I suggest what what kind of things? Some things actually I currently have are, you know, besides checking out something, like you could spend the money and, and go Adobe. And what I used was uh, Illustrator, if, if you're just wanting the, the, the lines. Uh, but if you want to get into more sort of uh, textual and... I almost feel like, say, suggesting starting off with uh, pencil and paper. Pencil and paper... Uh, figure it out, then go to pen and ink, um, then get it scanned in, and then go from there. If if you're going to go the digital route. I love on paper. I love see, pe seeing people posting stuff like, you know, I just drew something in pencil, right? This is sort of like the outline of their fantasy world. I love it. Um, it's For me, it's like seeing a writer's desk. I love seeing writer's desks. Uh, I love... Um, you know, things like, say, you know, where we get a photograph and they're doing outlining, right? And it's, it could be really organized, but, you know, which is fascinating. But also when it's this kind of, you know, um, chaos, right? And there's just notebooks everywhere, paper, um, you know, crumpled up uh, balls of paper um, that, for me, it just smatters of creativity, and I, I know it, right? I think, too, it's that I miss it. Like, I love hearing people talking about um, their first draft, right? Uh, or say even when they're editing and they have a moment where it's very first drafty, that they're doing some, they have to, they decide to rewrite a chapter and it just pours out, right? After, after this huge light labor and, you know, banging their head on a wall, you know, it, it just, the floodgates open, and it, it's just, I guess, too, it's because I'm in, I'm in it, I'm, I, um, I, I reciprocate. Uh, beyond Adobe, there's free stuff. Uh, I was, I was just doing this interview thing with Dewey Conway, and he was mentioning that he has 
like he was using an app. He was using an app for doing digital painting. And so he's got his um, tablet. I'm not sure what type it was, but so he's got that. He's got the app on it, and he's doing digital painting. Uh, très cool. Uh, very, very neat. And there's lots, there's lots of uh, suggestions, like say, you know, how to do how to do mountains. It's just you know, it's an A shape, and then you shade one side. Um, and, and two, there's a lot of basic logic to it, right? The mountains, the mountains are high up, and then the rivers will flow from the mountains, and we'll be seeking, you know. They will see, be seeking sort of path of least resistance in order to get to the ocean. And there's a lot of forgiveness. There's some people that get very serious about, about it. Um, it'd be interesting to see some top, topography. I actually took a map making class and completely not what I'm sure it's meant for, but I took it because I, I thought, oh, this will be good, right? This this will be good. I'm not sure if I actually used it to, um, uh, yeah, the potential. My my hope was, like, say, that I would get a better understanding of using a compass, right? Uh, using a compass that could also be used in um, writing, right? So characters using a compass or doing things like uh, it, that, you know, they have a, a notion of just generally where things are and how do they sort of steer themselves. And uh, I'm still, I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. And and, and there's this hope, right? Because you see all these things, say in movies or you know even in books. What's an astrolab? <laughs> I still, I still don't quite know what an astrolab. Like I've read the definition many times. I, I think I'll have to see a, a video, something like you know how to use an astrolab. I just, I just saw a video about how to, how to wear a diving, um, diving, you know, outfit. The old ones with the big heavy helmets and. Um, and this was, I think, from the 1940s. And we've we've probably moved on. Like I'll, I'll bet that we use some. We have something similar to the old you know, diving suits, but it it probably owes a lot to you know what was before, and that there's a lot of things that are say similar. I'm sure that they use sort of weighted belts and things to get themselves down there, into the water deep. Hmm. One of my early mapping experiences was doing fantasy role-playing, and we would be asked to map out where we were in a dungeon, right? So we would sit there, we would draw, okay, it's, you know, t you know 20 feet down the hallway, and then the we come to a T-shaped junction. Okay, we're going to take the right way, and we're going to, you know, go for it. We and we would... The, the dungeon master or referee would tell us and then we would draw this out and 
so that was one of my first experiences. It's like like getting us to do this thing, and then and then I ended up making my own. One recent influence that has been really cool. Uh, this is an example of you know I hoped that somehow. I would have um, star, e either sort of like have a map and it was like a continent and then I would have it mapped out with stars, right? So that, that there would be constellations, like towns that were constellations. But in, instead, I got a full-on celestial sphere as this, as this ocean. And I figured out something, but that was a, that was a pleasure and... Uh, coming to this motion, uh, this ocean, and then there's star islands, and I'm sure that somebody's done it somewhere. So it's sort of putting one's own spin on it, and one's own take on it. But th that's a case of like I have a star atlas that I was hoping to use, and I have a small plastic celestial globe, and. You know, finally, I find myself using uh, both of these, and and that was that was the hope. Um, and so let's see in this last last seven minutes. Uh, is it necessary? Uh, no, uh, it's cool. Like I mentioned, it it has the possibility of kind of. Um, an introduction and, and sort of letting people know and when I open up a, a, a specifically fantasy and I take a look I get a flavor right away even if it's a city uh, I can I can glean a lot from that map and so it could be helpful And I'm just and two things like say you sort of look back and forth, um, with with something like Earthsea, for me there was never it it was it was just sort of like all over the place. So it wasn't like, I th yeah I just looked at it and was like, well I'm not going to use this. <laughs> There's you know it's you know thank you very much, but um, it just never felt necessary. Um, I think I used it once. Um, and two, it wasn't it wasn't extremely helpful. City maps, um, that's interesting and then difficult as well because if you get too high up, that um, that that's not helpful. It's interesting to see the out you know the layout, and uh, so sometimes they can be overtly um, organized, right and. Um, kind of not quite real because to my mind most places are not so neatly laid out you know maybe you'll have like a city core that's laid out or that say certain parts are but on the whole these you know cities are not and and to like say you know the cities of the past or say you know the European cities that are sort of 
they've slowly built up over time and they're all windy and um, they don't have that military precision that we end up with um, later. And that's part of the joys. I, I'm not sure where I'm pulling this from, but I just remember some kind of conversation or information that was talking about how uh, it's difficult to navigate these older cities, whereas these new ones, it's just a straight cut. And uh, opening up a book with a map, um, it, it, it would be cool if, say, it, it, was a, it was a detailed map of where we are right at the opening, and why? Because it, it would leave us wanting more, right? That we would have that initial neighborhood, say. Um, or it could be a specific place, such as the Lonely Mountain, right? We get this map within, it's, in a way it's a map within a map. Um, yeah, and, and so I, I, I like that notion that it's actually referenced uh, in the story. And I'm trying to remember Treasure Island, if there was one in Treasure Island. And of course, this is, you know, this is just, for me, this is just the, sick, the, the, the top of the mountain. The, um, there's so much more uh, below that and so many other maps. <clears throat> I think maybe I'll just end with um, my experience. I might have said it before, and it was, uh, so it was growing up and being conscious as a kid, eventually being conscious. Uh, uh, to, to start with, there was just, we moved from place to place, and I don't really have a notion that um, I know that these places are different, but I'm not I'm not sort of piecing them together. It's almost like a movie or something where you just jump around and there's no notion of of a world. Um, but I, I remember this s slowly uh, these just realizing step by step that um, that there's a street. And then there's cross streets, right? And, you know, as I sort of get to know my neighborhood beyond my own house and yard and start to realize, it's like, oh, wow. So, so there's, so, so is there an end to this? You know, and eventually I'm learning, uh, you know, that, you know, yes, in a sense that there's an end to this, but then it begins again, you know, here and there and everywhere there's these cities, there's cities, big ones, small ones, there's really small ones called towns, and so on and so forth. And then finally, I get this, the realization of, you know, I'm on this ball that's being um, pulled along by invisible strings. And, you know, a star is uh, pulling us along on this, um, for us, endless journey. <laughs> What do you mean, Moss? Well, no. stars don't last forever. How dare you? Uh, right, yeah. So, there's, there's, there's a bit of identity um, to maps. And, and, 
you know, interesting th- things to flip around. Like say, if you take where you live and, you know, the, the usual map that you look at and then flip it, flip it, just turn it, flip it. And all of a sudden you have this different place, you know, and you can use all those points. So you don't have to invent a place. You could take your own place and then enchant it, right? And make it uh, somewhere else. You could turn it into an alien planet. So it doesn't have to be um, some, something where you're sitting there and laboring over it. And, and that was one of my thoughts. It was like, oh gosh, I could take, I could take this. I, I could take um, this coastline where I am and I could just, you know, uh, I could flip it around. I could turn the paper over and, you know, trace it, make, you know, do the opposite, <clears throat> which is, you know, lovely symbolism there. Uh, in the in the grander sense, I was I was looking at North America, and doing this thing of like sort of moving the map around, and as I did so, as thinking about how we're so used to, um, we're, we're so used to looking at things a certain way, um, in the sense of place, and as, as I moved this map of North America, I saw an area of Canada. So all of a sudden the the north becomes the north coast becomes this west coast. And if you ever look up there, um it's 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 cold and desolate, but it's uh it's got an amazing uh coastline. Uh and one part that uh, where people in, in Canada are living is called oh gosh, Thunder Bay, I think. That's yeah, and I sort of I found myself looking at that in a kind of a whole new light and was thinking, you know, yeah, what is it going to be like, you know, next hundred years, things warm up, ice melts, you know, there's a lot more, there's traffic all of a sudden at the North Pole. What is that going to look like for, for that area? Um, you know, um, <laughs> so I was imagining cities up there. It's like, okay, you know, um, People are going to move north, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of a sudden, I have a science fiction story on my hands. Uh, there are stories... Um, I'm, now, I'm just trying to draw the name out. And it was... I think it's called The Chrysalids. And just you know, looking it up, as one does, online... I checked the search engine and it said it said that it was actually positioned sort of east Canada, I believe. And 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 to knowing that suddenly suddenly changed how I knew the story. It, you know, it suddenly it became it became a Canadian story. Uh, and and I've I've read about people who've taken their, you know, where they are, and, and then they've used it in this in this new and interesting, different way. It's easy to look at Tolkien's uh, West Coast and think of it in a kind of European uh, sense, and it ties in very well with with the flavor of the mythology that he's drawing from. So it, yeah, so it makes sense. I can remember at some point. 
trying to remember if I had the two posters. I had a poster of Middle Earth, and I, I believe I had a poster also of Narnia, and put them together, right, and suddenly saw a continent. And I wondered about that. It was like, you know, wow, is this planned? Right? Did these two guys um, plan that? Did they sort of talk about it? it? Of course, it came out much different, but did they have this notion of an East Coast and a West Coast? Um, you know, the, the, that's something that has come up. And I'm not sure if I've seen other people talking about it. I'm sure other people have noticed it. But um, that's another map sort of moment for me, especially in fantasy. Because these two guys knew each, you know, knew each other. They were critiquing each other's um, stories. And that's it. Thank you for listening. And yeah, you don't have to have a map, but it's cool to try it out. And you don't have to use it. Uh, take care. Thanks for listening.